another episode of Have a Nice Apocalypse. It's the show, it's a podcast, uh, in which we cover the films of Richard Kelly, specifically Southland Tales, in depth. Uh, but mostly, uh, uh, the last few episodes have been about Richard Kelly, the director, and like uh, the yeah. works that have influenced him. I mean, we'll get into it. Uh, yeah. As always, joining me on this uh, crusade is my co-host, Marcus Serving. Hello, Marcus. Hello, Marcelo. Uh, hi to all my listeners. Um, <laughs> how are you to out Marcus's there? To Marcus's listeners, yes. Um, I think, uh, what's the percentage percentage of people who you know, who are listening just for you, Marcus? Uh, percentage of people I know that are listening to this. Yeah, uh, the audience. The, but I, I'd say about... percent <laughs> No way. <laughs> I'd say 75%. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm kidding. I don't know of anybody on my end in real life who listens to uh, any of my podcasts. Uh, I know some of I know some of the co-hosts not, and like the hosts of um, other shows on this network. Uh, I know people they know in real life listen to their work, but nobody listens yeah. to mine. Uh, Marcus, I mean, yeah, not, not even not even Mama. No, not, I don't think so. I got I got nervous uh, at one point when um, uh, I don't know if any of the listeners, uh, uh, you know, all ten of you, I don't know how many of you uh, uh, remember or were there for uh, or know about. We did a we did a uh, what was it an Indiegogo campaign for the website? Yeah, and, yeah, 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 yeah. And I ended up doing like a twelve hour like a uh, 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 fundraiser thing for that Indiegogo. And I got real, like, nervous, upset, worried when I heard my niece got a hold of that link and was watching it. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, no. Oh, God. Yeah. And I don't, because my, yeah. my, my niece at that point was like, um, it's like, uh, is seven, eight, nine, whatever. She's like older now. Uh, I hope she's not listening to any of these podcasts that I do. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, <laughs> prefer, you prefer that. Uh, people don't know that you exist. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, I understand that urge. Is this is this uh, is this a therapy session or a podcast? I don't know. <laughs> I should talk to my therapist about that. Um, but anyway, thank you for listening, folks. Uh, whoever you are, related or not, friend or not, um, uh, Marcus. I'm gonna let you take the no. Wait a sec. I should take no, the reins because this is my I idea. Oh, oh, here, here. Let me take some of the reins. Let me let me take the reins for a second. Okay. And I'll say this is a show about Richard Kelly. Uh, we are going to be doing a movie from. We are going to be doing a commentary for a movie from the 1980s, not directed by Richard Kelly. <laughs> Why are we doing this, Marcelo? Uh, this is your brain child love thing that you wanted to do so uh, what why are we doing this so uh, uh i mean i'm hoping the month of june 2022 uh, i hope it could be a month uh, in which we all as a society appreciate the works of david cronenberg okay why you ask well uh, i mean as of this recording uh, we're, we're recording this on june 2nd it's the night that Crimes of the Future debuts. 
uh, theatrically. Ooh. And uh, if I play my cards right, after this recording, I might catch 11 p.m. screening of Crimes of the Future. Ooh. Who knows how Who knows how tonight will go? But uh, for Talk Film Society, on the podcast side of things, uh, I've... Uh, and, uh, and actually, I have to, like, uh, uh, you know, make sure... The gears are, are, are going on some of these um, ideas that that, that uh, we came up with a few weeks ago for June, but uh, uh, keep an eye on keep an eye out for a lot of Talk from Society podcast uh, 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 network shows doing you know special episodes on David Cronenberg. Okay, uh, keep an eye out for for, for that uh, this month and as part of that celebration. We're doing The Dead Zone, uh, a commentary for The Dead Zone, directed by David Cronenberg. Yeah. Now, yeah, and, and why are we doing The Dead Zone? Yeah, why, why is this a part of our Richard Kelly podcast? Yeah, yeah. How, how did I manage to force us to talk about David Cronenberg on a Richard Kelly podcast? Here's, yeah. here's how. Uh, it, it was a genuine question, because like when, when I threw out that idea, like, let, let's, let's cover Cronenberg in June. Um, I mean, uh, I, I, I'll talk about it, uh, you know, later on on other podcasts, maybe about, you know, how the process went and what movies we all decided to do for, for these different podcast episodes, whatever. But for this one, it obviously had, had to have a connection with Richard Kelly, <laughs> right? So, so yep. what I did, and I'm sure you, I think you did this, this uh, you did something similar, Marcus. I, I just started Googling Richard Kelly and David Cronenberg. Yes. <laughs> yep, exactly. Exactly the same thing. Uh, and I, I, I got to be honest, I was not coming up with really anything. I was finding kind of like unrelated things that like like uh, links to a, a Richard Kelly interview or whatever. And then for some reason, they also like the Google result also shows like uh, crimes of the future bullshit. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? And and uh, I was not finding anything. Yeah, so I went to good old Twitter, and I googled. Sorry, I, I, I in the Twitter search bar, I didn't Google something on Twitter. That that's insane. I searched. You binged something. I binged something on Twitter. I asked Jeeves something on Twitter. I I, I searched the name, the handle, you know, uh, of of uh, of Kelly's Twitter account, and I just went from there. I typed in David Cronenberg, Videodrome, uh, scanners. I went through so many, uh, the, you know, and the one I hit on, the one I was like, oh, bullseye, I've got to pull it pulled up here. Uh, here we go. Uh, he talks about the dead zone a few times on his Twitter account, but, but this specific tweet says this. December 15th, 2012, the dead zone is his greatest film, in my honest opinion. I would love to see him do another classic King adaptation. He's referring to David Cronenberg and how The Dead Zone is his greatest film, in Kelly's opinion. Uh, and then there are other tweets that say The Dead Zone is uh, might be the greatest King adaptation of all time. So Kelly said Kelly is on the record on Twitter saying he loves The Dead Zone. Here's another one: watching David Cronenberg's The Dead Zone, one of the very best Stephen King film film adaptations, up there with Shawshank and Carrie. Yeah, another another tweet: The Dead Zone is great on so many levels. So there you go. So we're doing an episode. I know we're doing an episode on tweets <laughs> because Richard Kelly tweeted <laughs> ten years ago that he likes this movie. We're, we're we're doing an episode on it. There you go. 
makes uh. as much sense as anything we do here. Yeah, it makes more sense than anything we've done, like, uh, not talking about yeah. his movies. <laughs> his, <laughs> his, film, his filmography of, like, four movies. We're, we're doing... We, we have to do more than more than that. We And, like, again, <laughs> s- similar to how we talked about his, like, faves in Volume 1 of that episode, Volume 2 coming soon... Um, I am interested in his in his um, you know what influences him what what he likes you know and as we go through this commentary I I, I want to you know pick your brain Marcus and like uh, kind of talk about what we see and like how this at all connects with you know uh, uh, Southland Tales or his other films sure um, but yeah I have a handful of thoughts yeah so that's so that's the explanation that's why we're here um do should we maybe fool around marcus you and i uh uh before we 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 get this going or do you want to just jump into it what do you think i think i think we should just do this it's it's, it's gonna be a long enough movie you're right we're doing a commentary for it we gotta yeah i think we should just let it play let's just let's just go so let it rip here here's what we do because we always do this i don't want to forget this let's take a break and we'll come back uh, to do the yeah. commentary for the dead zone, um, and I guess uh, if you're if you're if you're up to here, uh, uh, I, I've, I've been told that the dead zone is currently on HBO, uh, so you can see it there. Uh, I'll talk about the Shout Factory release I have and I'm watching uh, the film with. Uh, I have to I have to actually Google that to see if that's still in print. I actually want to know that. But you'll, 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 we'll, we'll talk more about all of this when we come back from this break. So we'll be back with the Dental Commentary. And we're back. Oh, what a break. What a break. So... Get your discs ready. Get your your streaming platform ready. Uh, we're going to tell you where to pause uh, for the dead zone as we sync up for this commentary. Um, all right. So I paused it. We, we, we decided to pause it after the Paramount logo. Um, as soon as you see Dino De Laurentiis presents on screen, you know you see a black screen and then his... Is his name and presents in white letters will pop up on the screen. That's where you'll pause it. Um, if you're watching this on the Shot Factory uh, Shot Factory release, it's 13 seconds in. Uh, Marcus cannot confirm how many seconds it is in in, in the HBO uh, uh, cut or, or, or uh, version. Yeah, that's the word. So figure it out. Dino, Dino De Laurentiis presents. That's the pause point. Yeah. And let's count it down. I'm gonna say three, two, one, play, and we'll play on play. All right. So, yeah. where's my remote? There it is. Here we go. Ready, Marcus? I'm ready. Here we go. Three, two, one, play. We are playing. Action. Putting subtitles on. There we go. Okay. The, the Dead, Dead Zone. Zone. That's the movie Ooh. we're watching. Spooky. Ooh. Sounds like a scary place. I wouldn't want to go there. I mean, uh, is is this is this is this the Dead Zone? This this White House that's upon us? No, I don't think so. Okay, so a lot of groundwork to lay here, Marcel. <laughs> let's do it in the let's do it in the opening credits. Here we go. We 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 got yes, time. We gotta yeah. go. We gotta hurry. Uh, David Cronenberg. Who is this guy? Oh, he's like a Canadian dude. I think he lives in maybe like Tor- Toronto, uh-huh. right? And he makes movies right. up in Canada, and uh, they're pretty right. gory. A lot of a lot of body horror. 
Um, and now right. he's back after several years of not doing body horror to do a body horror movie in two thousand twenty two. Right. So, uh, so, right. so, so he's a he's maybe you could say one of the best uh, to do it and to still do it. So that's what David Cronenberg right. is overall. I mean, Marcus, right? I want to know your thoughts on the Crone. Um, geez, Marcelo, I don't have that many thoughts about the Crone. I. <laughs> Not to derail this immediately. I'm just, I have not seen all that many David Cronenberg films. I think I saw The Fly sometime as a kid. It didn't really leave that much of a mark on me. And then, other than that, I don't really know. I'm looking through his filmography here. I think the next film of his I saw was, was Cosmopolis. Oh, yeah. And then I uh, kind of worked back from there. I ended up seeing uh, Scanners mm-hmm. and The Dead Zone. <laughs> so you've seen three. Uh, he, has, he, has, he has many films I would like to see. I want to see Eastern Promises. I want to see History of Violence. Spider sounds cool. Existence. I want to see that. I want to see Crimes of the Future. Uh, he is definitely a director I should look into more. I have not. Because uh, I'm going to be honest. Like Scanners is... I don't know. It didn't really do it for me. It's got like really cool effects and stuff. Um, Cosmopolis, I do enjoy. It's a very fucking like weird movie that I thought was kind of cool at the time. Uh, and Dead Zone, I liked a lot. I, I really did. I, I, I mean, I, I'm not drawing from too much experience, but I would say it's my favorite Cronenberg movie as well. Yeah, I'm with. <laughs> I'm with I'm with Kelly here. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, having only seen three movies, you can definitely say the Dead Zone is the best. Well, I, I've technically seen The Fly, but uh, I really haven't. So I I just want to point out uh, uh, we're we're at the end of the of the opening credits. Oh, we're uh, done. Yeah, we're, we're done. Let's stop. Thanks, thanks everybody. <laughs> Have a nice apocalypse. No, uh, I, I talked that long. Produced by Deborah Hill. I just want to point that out. Um, one of the best to ever do it. I mean, for those who don't know Deborah Hill, she produced a lot of uh, Carpenter movies, Halloween, The Fog, Escape from New York. Um, she also produced like Halloween 2. Uh, let's see. Let's go through her filmography. The Fisher King um, and, and, and The Dead Zone, Clue. I mean, goddamn uh, Big Top Peewee. Uh, what an amazing producer. But I uh, just want to point out that she produced this. Uh, I I think this falls right in line with like some great '80s horror movies, and for me, definitely. Okay, let's talk about me and Cronenberg real fast. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You put this whole month together, so I would imagine that you have at least some admiration for the man's work. So, Marcel, please tell me about your Cronenberg. I, I I wanted I I wanted you know some Cronenberg content for June, and I say that in the nicest way because I was excited. I, I'm excited for for David Cronenberg to have a moment because it's been a while since he's had a moment where you know we can all appreciate him uh especially like since his last movie was uh, in 2014 and uh, i also was just uh just really excited to uh, revisit and visit for the first time his movies over these last few weeks i still have a few more blind spots to cross off the list um but i was like oh let's let's uh, let's see if we can be passionate about one of the best directors in my opinion and i over the course of the last few weeks have rewatched uh videodrome the fly dead ringers uh scanners 
Um, and and I will say I do agree with you uh, uh, somewhat on like um, like scanners. Like that one's still Cronenberg is is a interesting director because like I think my favorite of his is still like The Fly, right? Uh, and mm-hmm. and but also I just watched for the first time Crash. Uh, and Crash might be my favorite if I really think about it and like be watching that movie more. But I'd just say like he's an interesting director because like sometimes on the on the on the surface of things, it's like very it's like not like like not bland is not the right word like very like neutral like very just cold right yeah I yeah. agree with that yeah yeah but I but like in in something like um, like Videodrome. Where like that one is also kind of some at times like kind of dry and cold, it's still like brutal, um, and I think that's the that's the case with like scanners for me. It's like even though I think some of it is it is kind of like uh, cold and like sterile, like some of those effects still hold up and like it's still kind of like uh, awe inspiring scanners. Um, but yeah, and then like for Crash, I mean. <laughs> I mean, Marcus, like uh, uh, that movie to me, it's like so, it's like it's like stilted at times. It has, it just has like a, like an eerie vibe to it. But then you get like dig deep into like what it's saying and like what it shows you. It's it's unsettling, but it's very good. <laughs> it's like it's it crashes like amazing. Um, it sounds like a completely fucking weird, but bonkers movie that I definitely want to watch. Like he and I. I wouldn't be surprised if you end up not liking it because uh, I mean you have good taste. I mean you'll, you'll you'll probably like it, but it is just it is like off putting, and I think that's what I like about Cronenberg because at times it he's very off putting as a director. I mean we I mean for like the Dead Zone, it's like it's one of those movies where I think it's it feels off. It feels like something is like uh, it's not clicking, but it's still like an eerie story. It still is. It it, it it sticks with me each time I see it, but but yeah, he I can't I can't even pin down David Cronenberg's style. Maybe it's, maybe it's yeah, because maybe it's because it's, he's like Canadian. I think that's what that's what it is. That's right. Yeah, we we don't have much in common. <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> I mean yeah, he, he is not. I don't. For all of his like great effects work and body horror and stuff, I would not say he's he he is not the flashiest director in the world. That I agree with you. Is that is true? His but camera work is pretty. St- Stay it. I don't know if that's the right word. It, 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 it. but it's good. <laughs> like, we're we're smart people. <laughs> I think he's better than average, but it's hard to pinpoint why. I don't know why. No, you know, hey, uh, I've seen more than you, uh, and I'll, I'll I'll back you up on this claim, Marcus, because like, yes, and and like. Hey, history shows you don't have to be like a flashy director to be a great director. I mean, I love Richard Linklater, but I don't think he's especially a flashy Spielberg. director. Yeah. Spielberg. Well, Spielberg is flashy. I mean, come uh, on. Times, <laughs> stop, not- stop spinning the camera, Spielberg. You know, focus up. All right. Uh, <laughs> get a tripod, you poser. No, I'm joking. I'm, all, I'm kidding. He's, he's maybe the best. Now we're making jokes here. No, we're being very serious. Like, okay, even this. <laughs> This this uh, the movie that's playing right now. I mean, uh, we just witnessed a crash. Uh, um, Christopher Walken, uh, who's amazing in this movie, I think. Uh, he's yeah. about to experience. Yeah, yeah, he's he's about to experience a crash. They'll put him in a coma for like five years. Um, I mean, this is shot very. Uh, I mean, that's actually a good shot of that car crashing there. Um, mm-hmm. 
but but yeah it's uh, he's very i don't know i i think it comes from just like the stories he tries to tell i think that's what it is um like like the reason why he chooses like he chooses a movie like the, the dead zone um i mean i can talk about it uh, i guess later when the end actually happens but like uh having listened to him talk about videodrome on the commentary on, on the criterion disc like he's very in love with like these protagonists that like are just doomed protagonists um and that's a huge theme i love that he like tackles with in like definitely through a lot of his movies in the 80s i think early 90s i mean especially the 80s i think i, I think uh, um like every one of the movies he made in the 80s the lead character spoiler alert dies at the end <laughs> and he says that in the commentary he goes he goes i i he goes i have a I, like I'm, um, I'm connected with these protagonists who like die at the end because like he kind of he kind of <laughs> references like what what does that say about me as a person? I don't know. It's like that's me paraphrasing of like his thought process of like killing his characters in the end. But uh, I don't know. I I, I think like um, I mean of course you could say like uh, uh, I mean he's like um, his main thing is like body horror. But like beyond that, he's interested in like science, the process. Um, and also the unexplainable, what we're attracted to. I mean, I can go on and on, and I want you to stop me, Marcus, and say something just to, to tell me to shut up. I mean, I can just. Uh... Christopher Walken's pretty good. <laughs> um, he is very good. And I, 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 I grew up uh, at a time when like Christopher Walken was not a joke, but like he had settled into uh, kind of being a pop culture character more than like serious actor, Christopher Walken. I did not live through the seventies and eighties when he was putting in performances like this and deer hunter. Um, Can I, can I ask you a quick question? Yeah. Like, were you there? Were you conscious for his, um, his SNL run of uh, him being the, who was he? The, the continental was, was was that his character I name? Def- I definitely grew up watching that one single skit from Christopher Walken's run that is that everybody talks about. Yeah, because I I that, that to me was my Christopher Walken, um, and I think I guess at that point, yeah, he was like leaning, he was having less and less serious roles. I think by the late nineties. But go on, you, he, you, he was just enjoying his life. He was yeah. doing that, that Fat Boy Slim video where he's dancing on air, and that's fun. Um, <clears throat> and uh, click and all that shit. I don't that's know. right. He was, he was just having fun, and and like, uh, where did that perception of him come from? I do have that question because, like, I, I the perception that like. Like, uh, that he kind of has this stilted way of talking that he'll, well, like, randomly pause and shit. Like, he's not doing that in this movie. Well, see, see, I, I think, I think, um, my answer to that is Urban Legend and just the fact that that story, which I don't know where it, where it comes from. I don't know if he said it himself, like, but I, I always feel like it was out there of, like, oh, yeah, Christopher Walken, every time he gets a script, he adds periods and like uh, gets rid of all punctuation as soon as he gets it or something. It's like yeah. I'm sure I'm sure you've heard that Marcus. Like I'm, uh, yes, that that yeah. that's something I've heard for years and years and years now. And that was happening around the time when he was taking, you know, more comedic roles when he was on SNL 
And so he was kind of sliding into a persona at that point. Uh, I'm not saying there were like there's like these two things were you know in sync, but I'm just saying one happened and like we we I guess we tended to notice more of like his acting style when he did the pauses and like he was more apparent. But that's that, that's not his old that's his whole deal. Like I'm sure it's been a while since I've seen King of New York, but I'm pretty sure he does not ha- he doesn't he doesn't do it in that movie. I don't think he does in Deer Hunter. Um, so I don't know. I I, I think like. Uh, 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 you know, it happened maybe in the early 2000s when he just became sort of that persona. But then he doesn't do that all the time, though. Like, I, I uh, does he do that in um, what's a good movie he's been in the last few years? Um, he was good in Seven Psychopaths, right? He was good in that. Oh yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, but that was like maybe what, like eight years ago? That was a while ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, Man of Hunter is like, er, uh, sorry, a Man on Fire is like early two thousands. Um, he's he has like a more serious role there. Uh, but yeah, it, uh, I I want to know. Maybe this is something we'll. Uh, it's gonna I'll, be in Dune. Oh yeah, that's right. That's gonna be a huge uh, role uh, for him. Yeah. Um, wasn't he on Severance? He was on a TV show. Yeah, he's recently. in Severance. I have not seen him. In, I've only seen the first episode, and he's not in that. Oh. Uh, I've heard that show's so good. I can't speak to that. It is. Yeah. But he's a he's a he's a great actor. I I I wouldn't be surprised if he's amazing in Dune. Um. But yeah, it's. Uh, I can't even. I mean, uh, I'm going to answer this, and you can. Uh, ask yourself the same question, Marcus. I give you permission to. But my favorite Christopher Walken performance might be in a Catch Me If You Can. That's my, that's maybe my favorite. Do you have a favorite Walken? Uh, this. Yeah, this. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I yeah I I like I said I I kind of haven't really seen him be serious actor all that much. Uh, and uh, I was impressed with him in this. I don't know. I mean, he's super serious in Batman Returns. Super serious. <laughs> that's my that's my number two. Walken is Batman Returns. I love him in that movie. So here's where the first Dead Zone thing is going to happen. And oh, if you don't know, if you're just watching this uh, without the movie, the Dead Zone is about this guy who's in a coma, wakes up, has has powers of premonition. If he touches somebody. Yes, he, he he can see into their future, um, to their dead zone. I guess is 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 what the thing is. It's like yeah. that. Uh, it's like that TV show uh, starring Anthony Michael Hall, kind of like that. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see any of the of the Dead Zone TV show starring Anthony Michael Hall, Marcus? No, no. Is no, that a, a no? It was also adapted into a show. Wait, you don't know this? Wow. Okay. Well, no, this, I have no idea. This, I guess, this is before your time. This was uh, this ran from two thousand two to two thousand seven <laughs> on on the USA Network. That's a pretty good run. Yeah, eighty episodes. Um, was canceled. I'm gonna look this up. Let's see, season six. What's the end? Uh, yeah, it looks like there was a cliffhanger. I don't think they resolved the uh the plot of the Dead Zone TV show. That's a shame. 
I mean, it's this this concept is like it's like uh, just 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 uh, reboot it, just just make another movie. Uh, I mean, at some point, Blumhouse is is gonna get like a it's gonna get a, you know a current hot director to reboot the Dead Zone. It's gonna happen eventually. Have, have Blumhouse done a? Have they done a King adaptation yet? That's a good question. Uh, before I forget, the reason why I said that is like today, Christopher Landon landed uh, the Arachnophobia remake from Blum, mm. uh, because Blumhouse is producing. So that's why I brought it up. Um, but Blumhouse, I'll look up Blumhouse. You would think at this point they would. Oh, they 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 just released. Um, isn't uh, Firestarter Blumhouse? They just released that. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're right. Let me double check <clears> though. Because it looks like a Blumhouse release, that new Firestarter movie. But uh, who knows? I'll know just in a bit as I look this up. Let's see. 2022. Uh, Yes, it's a fire. Yes. Firestarter released May 13th, 2022 is a Blumhouse release. So they did that one at least. Have you seen that? Did you? Uh... I did not go to the theater to see it. I I did want to, but I I uh, just couldn't find the time. I mean, it it could have been just a decent horror movie. I mean, what what more do you want from Firestarter? The remake. I, I, I'd at least expect some fires to Fire? be started. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you have Zach Zach Efron as the hot dad. He can start a fire. Sure. Yeah. I also say I've never seen the original. I haven't seen the um, who's in the original. Drew can, Drew Barrymore. I haven't seen that one. You can you can sure start a fire in 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 late ladies' hearts all over the point. <laughs> okay, <laughs> all right. So good casting, I would say. Yeah. Um, anything more to say about Firestarter? <laughs> no, let's keep going. <laughs> <laughs> God, I am realizing I don't have much to talk about. Richard Kelly. Um, <laughs> so let's speculate as to why this is Richard Kelly's favorite movie. Uh, favorite, favorite Stephen, Stephen King, King movie. Favorite Brandon Cronenberg movie. Okay, David just Cronenberg. <laughs> <laughs> David Cronenberg. <laughs> it's his favorite David Cronenberg movie. It's one of his favorites. Stephen King adaptations. Uh, yes. Just, just to be clear. Um. Okay, my theory, and then I'll, I'll, I'll say my theory, then you go. Uh, f- learning from a few episodes ago about how Richard Kelly is not, he doesn't particularly like to to watch horror movies because he covers his eyes and like he's yes he's prone to you know uh, you know he, he doesn't like the gore apparently right that's I think I think we can yes, say that or yes, the, the scares that is, that is true. Considering a lot of David Cronenberg movies in- includes terrible horror, gore, uh, you know, people fucking wounds, um, like there's, you know, maybe he's not, you know, uh, he's, he, he doesn't vibe with that. He he vibes rather with the Dead Zone, which I mean, on the face of it, it's more of a thriller, not really a horror movie. But uh, but yeah, that's my initial thought. Like this, and it's it's it, it, it's so well crafted. This movie. 
it, it's basically just like a straight drama for for the most of it. And Christopher Walken's amazing. I mean, I I, I wouldn't. I mean, you know, outside of Richard Kelly, you know, anybody who says the Dead Zone is like their favorite, I'm like, sh- I mean, sure, it's their favorite Cronenberg, fine, because it's 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 amazing. It's it's one of his best. So yeah, my, that's my initial I, thought. <clears throat> yeah, I, I'm with you. Like, I I I that's my main reasoning as well is because like he's not. Yeah, you say you say say squeamish about horror movies, and this is not the most uh, graphic horror movie in the world, especially uh, considering the rest of Mister Cronenberg's uh, stuff. And I'm looking it up, and uh, the movie came out when he was eight years old. So I mean, that could line up with him, perhaps like seeing it early at a young age and all that. What's also mm-hmm. interesting, yeah, that makes sense. What's also interesting is like this deals. Kind of, it's it does have sort of it lean towards it leans towards science fiction, although it's not really yeah. kind of time travel-y, I guess alternate university. So mm-hmm. yeah, so Richard Kelly certainly has you know uh, likes to deal with those topics in his uh, in his movies. Good point. Good yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in a way. Donnie Darko is kind of similar to the Dead Zone. D- D- Donnie Darko almost seems like a a a, a book Stephen King almost wrote. That that uh, you know uh, and yeah doesn't do, doesn't one of the, don't one of the characters um, in Donnie Darko aren't they reading a Stephen King book? Was it it? Maybe yeah, somebody's reading it. Donnie's mom is reading it. That's right. Yeah. 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 So I I could totally see Richard Kelly being like a huge Stephen King fan. Yeah, definitely. I, uh, he he makes that kind of, uh, in general, kind of tamer horror. This more uh, yeah. accessible, I'd say. Yeah, that's a good word, accessible. Because otherwise, a lot of Cronenberg is not accessible. Yeah. Yeah. Not to take away, I, you know, not, no, uh, not 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 to say that Richard Kelly is just a pussy. No, I'm not saying that. Uh, <laughs> Now, the reason I watched Cosmopolis, um, it was because 2011, 2012, that, that time I was like, uh, trying to broaden my film horizons. And I was like, uh, specifically searching out like, oh, who are the cool people? I think. And like looking up the, the, the cool film websites and what are their favorite movies that, that just came out. And like. Uh, I I remember I think it was like movie mezzanine. Do you remember that website? <laughs> I do. Wow, I had yeah. forgot about it until just now. Yeah, but yeah. I, remember I think that. it was movie mezzanine, and a bunch of people like they they had a really cool uh, like year end like top ten, and they got a lot of fun uh, people to make their top ten lists and send them in. It was just basically just the lists. They didn't really have any writing with them. And like a lot of people that year chose Cosmopolis, and so I said, "Fuck it, I'll watch it." And I, I think I rented it from a Redbox, <laughs> and that makes sense. I it, it did not like blow me away, but it is like kind of a weirdly entrancing kind of movie. Um, uh, very bizarre. Uh, it's got this uh, cool, you know, like anti-capitalist kind of message stuff um i mean that movie apocalyptic kind of vibes i don't know i mean uh, uh do you have any more thoughts on cosmopolis because i have a thought or two uh i 
I saw that, uh, I think I saw that with my girlfriend at the time, uh, and I just felt very, like, you know, when, sometimes when you go with somebody, like, you kind of think, like, what are they thinking, right? Like, uh, you, 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 like your, your thought on the movie kind of is um, affected by them, in a way, uh, which is why I usually like to watch movies alone. Um, but, like, I, I, I kept, thinking, and maybe this is why I remember it, I was actually thinking about that today, about... Uh, watching Cosmopolis back then because I think she was a huge Robert Pattinson fan <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and oh, oh boy did she did she get her fill because um, I, I it, it just felt so odd it felt so weird it's I, I that vibe it's like looking back on it I mean I should not have been so just like confused because like that I think is like sort of like the not the pinnacle but like uh, Cronenberg at his most like uh, opaque, obscure, like out there, right? Yeah. And I definitely felt the audience just like recoil by the end because it's like, <laughs> and I also I was like, what? I, I had that feeling of like, oh, so what is happening? Um, yeah. I need I need to revisit it. it it's something. It, it's not you know near the top of my favorite Cronenbergs because it's just so it's hard to penetrate that movie. It is. It is. It, it, and I like. I try to think about it more. It, it, it is a film that has stuck with me. It's it's something that kind of does rear its head in my brain every now and then, where I I will think about it. And uh, I, I I guess my main takeaway from it is like I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't have any good smart thing to say. I guess I'm dumb. Uh, David, <laughs> have you seen Bra- Mark, David yeah, Brandon? Mar- Brandon, you seen him? You seen his movies? <laughs> Marcus, you cut out for like ten seconds, so I missed whatever dumb thing you said. Oh, it, it was really deep and insightful. Uh, oh, great, great. So I'm gonna I'm gonna listen yeah. back to it when I edit this episode. So I'm yeah. I, I I couldn't hear it on my end now, but you're you're recording your end, so you're gonna come into clear. So I'm gonna listen back to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Gonna be like, man, this is insightful. Man, he knows what he's talking about. It, it, it's a it's a guy riding around his limo, uh, his like some super rich guy uh, with a bunch of like, just 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 flaunting his money in this kind of it's like new york but it's like new york in a, like it seems in turmoil to my yeah. memory yeah uh, it's i don't know it's just uh blanket anti-capitalism things i can get from it uh, but I was going to say, have you seen Brandon Cronenberg's two oh, films? I've seen one of his two films. Yes. Uh, g- guess which one I've seen. Of, of You've seen the Possessor. S- I've seen Possessor, yes. That's a very it's... good movie. I do like that movie a lot. Great. I haven't seen it. <laughs> uh, have you seen the, the other movie? No. <laughs> Why'd you bring this up then? <laughs> I'm trying to think of things to talk about, man. <laughs> I have plenty to talk about. Look at Christopher Walken. <laughs> let's, let's do it then. Look let's at Christopher it, Walken right now on on screen. This is commentary. So yes, okay. I, I I love this bit uh, where there's a press conference. I guess for some reason there's no news really, so they're going to focus on this guy who can, you know, look into the future. Why not? Uh, but like, okay, it, it, how would you feel if this happened? In real life, Marcus, if like you were 
watching if you're on twitter and then all of a sudden you know there everybody's talking about this guy who can see into the future and see people's deaths how would you feel about that uh i'm a skeptic so i guess i would not uh immediately believe it oh really okay but but look at this yeah i, w- I would think there's if, something fishy going on th- this reporter is you this reporter is like oh i don't oh, believe this, this guy yeah so so he he was like oh you can't do anything and then walk in the uh, whole walk call in, him a freak and and yeah get away from him like but, no, no but I, I i don't know no but then walk in grabs his hand his <laughs> he doesn't have a cult <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how I'd react. I'm not in the situation. A- ask me how I, how I'd react. How would you react if you were that guy getting grabbed and he tells you how you're going to die? I'd be like, uh, "Oh, awesome, man! Uh, re- I mean, I'm, uh, I mean, uh, I- I'm I'm glad you believe that. I hope you uh, uh, are. I hope you're wrong. I hope I don't die. Um, I don't know." Ever. Ever, I hope I don't die ever. Well, well okay. How about this? Because this, uh, I, I'm trying to think back on like other instances in King films and adaptations, uh, books, stories, whatever. Like, how does King feel about the the afterlife or like uh, ghosts or, or or like religion even? Like, because um, this this movie, it's not spiritual. But it le- it kind of almost leans towards that because he like you you do see walking as like sort of this uh, yeah like it, 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 you know when when you said you know join his cult like I could see easily him creating a cult if he survived past the events of these of this movie because yeah. it just feels like very much like I mean it's like one of Christ's special powers right it's like, it, it, you, you'd expect Jesus Christ to also do the same thing so. I don't, I don't know what, what my point is. I'm just trying to be insightful about what this says about religion and spirituality. Um, so that's just my my thinking process as I, as I try to fill up time. <clears throat> cops. <laughs> How do you feel about cops, Marcus? Yeah. Uh, the cops are here. Uh one of them has a dirty little secret. Oh, that's right. And it's not uh, what's his face, Tom Skerritt, right? Uh, uh-uh. no, it's 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 Pretty Boy over there. I like Tom Skerritt. Staying behind in the car. Tom Skerritt was recently in a movie I rewatched uh, a few days ago called Top Gun. I watched Top Gun a couple days ago. Uh, who's Tom Skerritt? Uh, Tom Skerritt. Uh, I'm going to confirm. Yes, he's in Top Gun. Oh, uh, is he the? Is he, he the like instructor guy? Yes, yes, Maybe? yes, yes. He's the instructor. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and and he's the guy. He's the guy who like towards the end after. After uh, Top Gun, uh, Tom Cruise um, like kills Anthony Edwards with his bare hands. Like after Tom Cruise does that, Tom Cruise doesn't yeah. want to fly anymore. He's like, I can't, I can't kill anybody anymore. I'm not good. I'm not a good flyer. I'm just gonna give up. You know, fuck being yeah. number one. I can't do anything. I'm impotent. And then Tom Skerritt comes along and goes, Hey, Mav, 
uh, let me tell you what happened with uh, me and your father. Your father died in combat saving us. So because he died, you need to forget about your dead friend. You need to move forward and you need to, you need to be the best killer in the in the in the navy. Yeah. So get out there and kill people. That's what Tom Scarrett says. This guy who's shown like blatant disregard for <laughs> all uh, all order. We really need to get this guy back up. We need to get this guy who's been to some. Dis- you need to stay in the skies. <laughs> Who doesn't follow any rules? Who's no. uh, who should be like kicked Seems out? Seems to be failing a lot. Yeah, I needs think, to be kicked out of I the navy. Yeah. Well, well, just yeah. just like a, a bending rule. I mean, yeah, he should be kicked out. And that's a, have you ever? Uh, uh, I'm gonna guess the answer is no. But have you seen that new Top Gun movie, uh, Marcus? Uh, no, I've not been to Maverick. No, no, no. no. I, I recommend it. I mean, it's it's definitely a great uh, uh, blockbuster. Uh, see it on see it on the biggest screen you can. Uh, what they pulled off uh, with the aerial flights and the, the cameras and the cockpits that's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, Maverick it's still the same. Like it's 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 like a running joke he's like i think still he's like he should be like a general but he's like not even that he's like he's he's a very old man in a position for like a younger guy because he's just so insubordinate he should be kicked out <laughs> like like he's and, and and like that's like a big plot point towards the end of the movie it's like he should not be here <laughs> It's like, what do you do? Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> but it's it's funny that he's the hero. He's the guy who apparently now the right wing are like, this movie is anti-woke because it's pro-military, I guess. And like they don't realize the protagonist does not care about the rules. <laughs> who would rather just like break every rule just to win than, yeah. So anyway, Top Gun Maverick, it's pretty good. Uh, R.I.P. Uh, Goose. Yes, rest in peace, Goose. Uh, so here we go. Back to the dead zone. Let's stop talking about Top Gun. Uh, Walken and this old man having a conversation. He's walking with a cane. Oh, you you know what? So you, you, it, it made sense uh, to me that they made this into a TV show because this this movie feels very episodic. I, yeah, I, this could absolutely be serialized. Yeah, like, I, I fully see that. It, it this is not like a fault with the movie, <clears throat> but I always forget that this part of the movie where they're trying to track this serial killer. Like, yeah, I, I I forgot that it's like so. It's like in the beginning. And it's like so short in retrospect. And the one scene that might be the most brutal in this movie, uh, the death of the serial killer, like that to me happens way earlier in the movie than I thought it did. It, yeah, that, that was that was something I I, I, I watched this uh, a few weeks ago, um, and I have not rewatched it and so it's not super fresh in my mind but you you just reminded me like that was something i liked about the movie a lot is that it kind of it shifts its focus a lot it kind of turns into different types of movies or like it 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 goes into very unexpected places like like i thought like at this point i'm like okay uh, this is gonna be a serial killer movie he's trying to catch a serial killer and then 
five minutes into his hunt, he has caught and killed the serial killer. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm like, okay, well, is he going to take up other cases for the law now? No, that's not what he does at all. He, I think he continues teaching in a different city or something. I don't. I think know. I think Tom Skerritt, but, the 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 cop, just disappears after that too, right? Like you you'd expect Tom yeah. Skerritt's yeah. character and Watkins' character to like uh, team up, right? But then no, that's that doesn't happen. No, yeah, it, it goes in extremely unexpected places, <laughs> like for <laughs> Dude, where this movie ends. Wait, okay, let uh, me ask you this, because you saw it. Did you see it for the first time a few weeks ago? Yes, yes, I had never seen it before. So for you, was it unexpected? Did you know how The Dead Zone ends? No, I knew absolutely nothing. Wow. So you were completely uh, that, thrown. That's why I was. I was so surprised as it was going on. Like, it, okay, it's not going to be what I thought, what I think it is. And then, uh, and then it ends how it ends. And I'm like, wow. Yeah. Uh, it, was, oh, it was very surprising. I want to point this out. Uh, so in this scene, uh, Watkins' character is talking to his ex, and his ex has a kid, and she's carrying the kid. Uh, the kid is dressed in like a red. A uh, 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 sweater thing. I, I'm not from the north. I don't know what those are called. Uh, it's snowing. A coat. Um, a co- <laughs> Thank you, Marcus. So this kid is dressed up in a coat, right? Uh, a red coat. And I, th- I think this might be a reference to the Brood, because I think a lot of the the kids in that movie are dressed in red, like this kid is. I want to say that's a reference to the Brood. It'd be cool if it was. But I don't know. Maybe uh, I'm I'm off base here. I mean, the Brood. Uh, Marcus, put that on on your list for Cronenberg films to watch. The Brood. The Brood. Yeah. Uh, that plot is about like this uh, medical experiment. Um, I'm not sure the specifics, but uh, they uh, these doctors accidentally produce these killer spawn kids. Um, uh, it's, it's, it's so weird. Uh, the, like there are literal killer kids in the movie and, uh, yeah, that's, that's all I'll say about the brood. It's worth watching. Uh, so you're looking forward to crimes of the future, huh? I am. It's this weekend. I might go tonight. I might go tomorrow. I'll definitely see it soon. Uh, I'm, I'm excited. I, I, just because of all this, this hullabaloo that you've been putting us through, I, <laughs> I decided to look it up, and I was like, "Okay, I I will go to this movie," and it it's not coming anywhere near me. So, uh, which is uh, which is terrible. I, I I know it was going to be a much smaller release uh, than than it is now. Um, it's as wide as it um, I guess as it can be. As a movie like that is going yeah, to be, yeah, exactly. I mean, who's releasing it? I think it's uh, Neon, right? Uh, let me double check. Um, but I, yeah, I, uh, I, I don't even want to say if it expands. Who knows how this weekend's going to go? Yeah, it's distributed by Neon, the di- distribu- the distribution company who released the Oscar-winning Parasite. Uh, so they're doing good work. Um, I'm not even sure if it'll expand. I hope it does. Uh, but my gut says this is just going to crash and burn at the box office. <laughs> it does not. That's why I'm trying to go the first Probably. weekend. I, mm-hmm. I want. I want to go as soon as possible because who knows how much longer Crimes of the Future will be in theaters. But uh, hey, I mean, you got Kristen Stewart in it. Uh, uh, you know, ho- hopefully the the, the Case Two fans come out for it. 
You got all those Vigo Mortensen heads out there? Yeah. Vigo Army. Yeah. You got you got the Leia Sado fans out there too. That 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 period of uh of Cronenberg's is the one I'm most interested in. Is his his, his Vigo uh duology that has now become a trilogy. Yeah, uh, it's actually more than a than a duology. No, wait, no, yeah, trilogy. he's in Crash too, isn't he? No, no, no. He's in History of Violence, Eastern History Promises, Violence. Eastern Promises, uh, A Dangerous Method. Oh. And Crimes of the Future. His tetralogy. Yes, there um, exactly. Yeah, Eastern Promises is one that like I have come so close to turning on like a million times, and I just I don't know for whatever reason I have not done it. I I re- been like I right there, and I never watch it. It's one of those that I uh, I mean I uh, I love a history of violence. Uh, remind me, Marcus. Have you seen that one? No, I put that on your list. Recommend that one too. Um, no, it's on the list. Okay, good. I just want to make sure it's on the list. Uh, I I love history of violence. That if I re- revisit that, um, I wouldn't be surprised if I say that's my favorite Cronenberg. Um, but having seen, but having uh, fallen in love with history of violence when it came out, and then seeing Eastern Promises, I don't remember much of Eastern Promises. I remember liking it, but it has it's been f- over ten years since I've seen Easter Promises. I just bought the 4K Blu-ray that Kino just put out a few months ago. I'm excited to see it uh, again in 4K. Um, so yeah, that that one is. Uh, I mean, starting with like a, a history of violence through Maps of the Stars. Like uh, he's focused on like less horror. There's still violence, um, but he's dealt with like different things uh, than he's uh, than he had before Cronenberg. Um, and I think Viggo Mortensen is like a good um, a good uh, uh, guy just to have like sort of like fit into these roles of like super violent guy or just like uh, I haven't seen a Dangerous Method. I think he plays who who does he play in a, in a Dangerous Method? Um, let me see. Is it somebody famous? Uh, yeah, Viggo Mortensen plays Sigmund Freud in yeah. A Dangerous Method. Uh, but yeah, Viggo Mortensen, he's amazing in Cronenberg films because I think he just ha- he's like he's sort of like uh, he can do anything, right? That's I think that's what Viggo does. Well, it's like he can be like a, a villain or like a, a good guy or some guy with some sicko with like a weird fetish. Like he can play all this. Speaking of sickos, how you doing over there, Marcus? Chilling. <laughs> We're still in the serial so, killer okay, phase. So here is yeah, here is here is where the reveal happens. Uh or no, it's not here, is it? It's in the next place. Yeah, not not just yet. This is a great they shot though. And then they, then of this, they, yeah, yeah. Through yeah, this tunnel. The, the 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 light from the from the car head what lips. what I like about Cronenberg is he likes to work with a lot of the same uh, uh, crew on all of his movies uh, who did this some uh, well I know this one is special because 
The music is by Michael Kamen, who's great. I mean, Michael Kamen, one of the best. But uh, Cronenberg named those islands after him. What they were, they they named those what after the him? Cayman Islands, <laughs> the islands. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> so Michael Kamen Island, uh, he did the music for this, but he was a fill-in because Howard Shore wasn't available. Cronenberg likes to work with Howard Shore, um, and in uh, in my book, Howard Shore and Cronenberg together, that's like magic. Uh, the the fly. Uh, Howard Shore score for that one of the best scores ever in my book and I'm happy that Shore is also doing the music for um, Crimes of the Future so uh, they go hand in hand I just realized this is our second Stephen King commentary. Yeah, uh, we did a thinner <laughs> as our first. We should have looked uh, up. We should have looked up to see if Richard Kelly likes the movie Thinner. This is a markedly better movie, I would say. I would say so. Yeah. Do you do you think if we DM do do, do you think Richard Kelly's DMs are open? Uh, no, they are not. Oh, damn it. I can confirm. Okay, here is the end you were referring to earlier. We, we, we're, we're reaching the end of the serial killer plot. Here we go. Let's look at the clock. 46 minutes in, about halfway through. Wait, does it... I'm trying to think back. Do his powers work if he's wearing gloves? Or can he just have that power through the gloves? Do you know know what I'm talking about, Mike? Yeah. I don't remember. I guess we'll see right here. Does he glove off to touch her or not? It's like that movie Unbreakable. He's got that power, right? He has to touch people. Wait a second. And my Shyamalan stole what? that from the... D- yeah. No. Yeah. Does, does what? Okay. Isn't there a scene in Unbreakable where Bruce Willis, like, has his hand and, like, guides it through, like, a crowd? Am I, am I, am I crazy here? I don't remember that. I don't, I don't know. I'm looking. No, this, up. this is skin to skin contact. All right, confirmed. Skin to skin. Okay. This is right here. Bruce Willis as David Dunn, a former football player with superhuman strength, who sees the crimes of those whom he touches. Ah. Uh, why why are his uh why are his premonitions in like third person like why why is like shouldn't he be like seeing through her eyes or something 
Because he has to watch that scene for longer to to let the killer face the camera to find out who he is. Oh, I see what you're saying. Oh, no, yeah, he gets transported here. That's what happens. Yeah. He, he goes into this. Okay. He goes into the flashbacks. He goes to the dead zone. Yeah, he goes to the dead zone. <laughs> Highway to the dead zone. Dead zone. Gonna take you right into <laughs> the dead zone. What are we doing? <laughs> We're doing some amazing work here. This is the best thing we have ever made. This this goes out to that guy. Marcelo, I was at what? the Dollar General recently. Oh, wait a You should have started with this, Marcus. I know. <laughs> I, I was at the Dollar General. Holy shit. And uh, I saw a film. Uh, I, I, I looked at their little tiny Blu-ray uh, section. They got like cheap 4 or $5 Blu-rays. Sometimes they have and good stuff at the Dollar General. Sometimes they have good stuff. Yeah. yeah. I got like Magic Mike Double XL there. Uh, yeah, um, good, good get. Yeah. Um. Oh, and I got Place Beyond the Pines on Blu-ray there too. Yeah. Uh. So this movie, I spied uh, my favorite actor Killian Murphy, and uh, I didn't really know anything about the movie, but I just grabbed it because of seeing him on the cover. Uh, he is not the lead actor in this. He is a bit player, as he is usually. Um, I guess that's not really true. <laughs> He's been a lead since like Red Eye. Anyway, uh, it's called In the Heart of the Sea. Have you seen this movie, Marcel? It sounds familiar. Is uh, let me guess. Chris Hemsworth is uh, the star. You should have let me guess. Ron Howard directed it. Yeah, is it I, Ron Howard? I uh, uh, do you have it in your hand? I do. Yeah. Yeah, turn turn that little bad boy around. Look at the look Let's at the flip this thing around. Look at the credits. Look who directed it. Oh yeah, a Ron Howard film. Yeah. Huh. How did I know that? I don't know. I never I've never seen the film, but uh, it that's my dead zone power. Marcus is knowing about movies I've never yeah. seen. Yeah, and I, I knew Chris. Two thousand fifteen. It's like that movie about Moby Dick without without being a Moby Dick movie, right? Or some shit like that. Tom Holland. Tom Holland is in this? In in uh in Tom the heart Holland, of the Holland, Ben Weeshaw, Brendan Gleason. What That's a cast. A, That's a cast. Wait, why why are you bringing this up? Uh, uh trying to find something to talk about. <laughs> okay, so we we know who the killer is. The killer has uh, oh, been here we go. deduced to be uh the the sheriff's deputy or whatever. Okay. Are. I'm going to I'm going to go into this uh this death. And then I want you to uh, uh, talk about how you feel about this death that's coming up, Marcus. Okay, that's the plan. Yeah. For the next yeah. few minutes. Okay. I okay. Back in the day, I don't know if you remember this, Marcus, but uh, I believe it was on Bravo or I don't know what cable channel had this, but they had a top 100 countdown of the best horror scenes. Ooh. And this was on that lists uh and i saw a clip of this scene in that special and this is before seeing the movie and that has always stuck with me more than the movie itself it's like watching a clip of it 
on Bravo in like the early 2000s. So that's when <laughs> I first knew about the Dead Zone and this death. And to me, it's oh, and like they talk about it in the special. I I, I could probably Google it and find it on YouTube, the special, because um, it's I I think it's like very uh, um, uh, informative and like maybe like uh, pushed a lot of people, young people, into like horror movies after seeing like a TV special like that. But I remember them saying, like, yeah, you don't actually see the person die. You, you like, that's why it works so well. It's like you just Im- like envision it so distinctly because how it's framed, as we'll see in a bit. Okay, that's my that's my take on it, Marcus. How no, do you feel about yeah. this death that's coming up? No, you're yeah, exactly. Uh, it, it is. Uh, it, it was. I, I was getting freaked out when like I saw it when I started to see it coming like what he was doing as he's like slowly moving his mouth towards the towards the scissors like i was actually like kind of getting squeamish kind of looking away and like uh getting loud and and rowdy and uh it 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 definitely got a big reaction out of me uh i'm gonna say logistically i don't know how this works necessarily uh because as we're gonna see right here, he's gonna yeah. He's has his head, uh, his hands on the back of his head, open mouth. Put he's it, leaning towards the the scissors, putting it into his out. mouth. But very the, slowly. Hold on. Yeah, and but the <laughs> thing is, like, the the the, the thing is, uh, what what we're missing here is like him, because he leaned forward. To kind of like gauge where the scissors are going to end up, but yeah, what we what we needed true. what we needed to see was like him like uh, going back uh-huh. like far enough where he can like uh-huh. push push him like f- like push his head down into the scissors, right? Maybe we don't see that jerk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it is uh, it, it definitely was effective uh, for the first time. I, I wonder because like that is like the most graphic scene in the movie without being graphic, yeah. right? Uh, versus other scenes in other Cronenberg movies where you see, well, you see the aftermath. That's pretty. That's horrific. The aftermath yeah, it's, is it's horrific. A, it's a Henry portrait of a serial killer thing. You don't you don't see the death, yeah. but you see the aftermath of it. Oh, I oh, forgot that God, he like twitches. <laughs> that's pretty. That's pretty bad. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's 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 it's. It, it's still effective, even though it's not as like a, a graphic as like Jeff Goldblum's face melting in front of you. And the, the, this here too, where she grabs the gun, it's what's going to happen, and then he straight up gets shot. She's a she's a bad uh, she's bad at uh, at shooting. Like she completely missed him. No, she shoots him. What? No, she shoots him, but like in the in the arm, like not like sure. in the body. Sure. And now she's dead. Now this plot line is done. Yeah, no more uh, serial killer stuff for the rest no. of the film. No more serial killers. All there is is cereal. He eats at home for breakfast every day. <laughs> I, I I like that they decided to tell you about that like yeah like uh every scene he he puts it in there how much he likes cereal <laughs> and you can see it right here like they that is like the 
firm, a firm act cut. Like act one is done. No more serial killer shit. Do you see that billboard right there? We're going to focus on this guy for the rest of the fucking movie. Yeah. I, I, I did not notice that the first time. Like it is such a clean break. This yeah, is it what fade, we're doing now. It, it fades out. Like, like, uh, like, like, uh, there's so many great movies that do that. Like the first half of it, uh, like kind of like, Oh, you know, the end. And, and maybe this is part of like, um, that, I mean, I, uh, I'm talking out of my ass right now, but like, uh, intermissions, it's like, eh, I, I, I wish I lived through that point in movies where there were intermissions. Cause like that felt like such a great, great, like, like a, a great, um, way to spend an, uh, an afternoon is like watching this long movie, take a break in the middle of it, come back. But that almost feels like what this is, is like that maybe like an, an intermission point. It's like, okay, that first half is done. You know what his powers are, you know what they can, you know what he can do. Uh, now we're in the second half where let's see what he actually does. And let's see how this resolves, resolves itself. Yeah. Have you actually read, um, this story i'm assuming you haven't i have not uh i have uh read very little stephen king uh sure. I, I i would love to read this book though the dead zone book uh, I, I does i would like to know how closely this follows the book i'm, I'm guessing it follows it pretty close and like the ending is probably the exact same in both that's my guess I, I can look it up. I can do a quick Google search. That's what the people because, are here for. I mean, eh, should we talk about the ending yet or not? Probably not, right? Eh, we could save it as we get closer to the ending. So I do uh, have a bit to say about that. Yeah, we'll 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 make sure to to start that conversation uh, as it approaches, so we'll have time. Yeah. Uh, let me see. One of the major plot threads of uh, the movie is the fact that he's using his powers physical damage. What? What? Okay, wait a second. Oh, fuck this. You know what? I googled the difference between the Dead Zone book and movie and I ended up with the the difference between the the movie and the TV show. That's not what I wanted. (laughs) Bad Google. Bad. Okay. Uh, I don't want to know about the movie from book to screen. There you go. I mean, I don't want to know about the TV show. I want to, I want to know about the movie. That's what that's what I meant to say. Uh, the film. Let's see what the book. Let's see. So it says here, Cronenberg's film tears out some substantial parts of the novel, including a fair bit of character development and makes changes that don't feel necessary. Yet, it still largely follows the plot and atmosphere of the book. King fans should be pleased with how well Cronenberg did here. And the movie is a solid entry in the film's... uh, Sorry, in the director's filmography. One of the better adaptations uh, so far. Let's see. Uh... It is. It is. Yeah, it says here it's it's a more faithful adaptation, unlike The Shining, which is of course one of the bigger. Uh, I mean, have, have you read about the differences between The Shining, the movie, and the book? 
No, I don't. I just know that like Stephen King hates The Shining, and because it's like so completely different than what his book is. I do have not you, know why. Have you seen Doctor Sleep? I have seen Doctor Sleep. Uh, okay, so here is a spoiler alert for Doctor Sleep, The Shining, the movie, and The Shining, the book. Okay, the biggest difference in the movie, uh, um, Kubrick's movie, not that '90s The Shining, you know, miniseries that King approved. Not that one. Let's not. Let's not, let's not talk about that one. In Kubrick's The Shining, they cut out the the the, the finale. Uh, in the book where um, I forget the character's name, Jack, Jack Nicholson's character uh, in the book uh, 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 lights up the furnace in the basement and destroys the entire uh, uh, hotel. Um, that's a huge difference. And that is lifted from the book to Dr. Sleep. Basically the end of Dr. Sleep is the end of the shining book, which is super interesting. Um, and Dr. Sleep, the movie, uh, that ending is not the same as the book, which is, <laughs> I can't, it's a mind fuck. But um, uh, what's his name? The director of Dr. Sleep. He's super smart about adapting uh, King books because I think he did a great job with uh, Gerald's game. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, Dr. Sleep is interesting. I wrote about Dr. Sleep a few years ago. Um, that's why I know all of this, but I think it's a a great adaptation of like the book and even like that calling back of the shining, the movie and the shining of the book uh, with like the ending of Dr. Sleep. It's all just, it, it's all great. I, I, I love that. Like it, it comes to terms with like everything, the shining uh, that movie. Uh, but yeah, but there you go. Yeah. And, and yeah, uh, uh, King doesn't like Kubrick's the shining. Cause it changes so much, but, but whatever. I mean, it, it's it's an adaptation. It's a great movie. And I'm sure it's a great book. I haven't read the book, but whatever. So here we go. This actor looks familiar in the dead zone. He does, doesn't he? Who is he? this guy? Where is he from? This guy does look familiar. He's got one of those faces. You're like, I know this guy. Anthony Zerby. Oh, Anthony. Oh, he Tony. is a uh, he is one he is a counselor in the Matrix Reloaded and the Matrix Resolutions. He's that old guy who has that conversation with Neo about robots in the in the early parts of uh, Matrix Reloaded. That's who he is. Yeah, okay, okay. He has he has a conversation at the early parts of Reloaded about robots with Neo. <laughs> <laughs> he says to Neo. Why do we need robots? I mean, uh, uh, what if we get rid of robots? Uh, then to, we die. I'm to place this, I don't remember. It, you know, it's it's after Neo has his dream, and then he can't sleep, and then this old guy, the uh, a counselor on that, you know, on that thing that that that, 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 that he's one of the rulers of, of Zion, I guess, who like decides things on this panel. This counselor goes like it just so happens to be awake when Neo's awake. They have a conversation about the machines and like, do we need the machines? I think we do because if we get rid of the machines that we have here in, in Zion, we'll all die because they we need the machines to make water and like to, to purify the air. So so who's in charge here? That's what he says in the beginning of Matrix Reloaded. Right. Yeah. And you I'm you don't remember this at all? Oh god damn it. 
I don't know. I, I, it wasn't even that long ago that I watched all these movies. Uh, I was going to ask you when you. Yeah, no. It uh, uh, to me, it's not an important scene, but it's an interesting scene for me. Sure. So maybe maybe that's why it's a forgettable scene. Hey, there's a there's good old Sheen dog. The great Marty Sheen. Martin Sheen. Nay Estevez. Did you know he had a heart attack on the set of Apocalypse Now? No. Yeah. Wouldn't surprise me. All that cocaine. All the shit that went down there. Yeah. Did he he lived? Did Martin Sheen live after having a heart attack on the set of Apocalypse Now? Right. I'm 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 going to not spoil it for you. Uh I I, rec- I recommend that fantastic documentary uh Hearts of Darkness. I think that's on the Apocalypse Now uh Blu-ray. I read the good. book Heart of Darkness. Oh. There's a documentary directed by Francis Ford Coppola's wife called Hearts about of Darkness. Book? No, about uh, the making of the of uh, Apocalypse Now. Apocalypse Now. Yes. That's the movie that uh, is the adaptation of Heart of Darkness. Martin Sheen. Okay. Martin Sheen was in Apocalypse Now. <laughs> no, yeah. he's uh, that, That's one of my favorite film performances of all time. He's amazing in the yeah. movie. Uh, through uh, through uh, <laughs> pr- probably not, not even acting. Just because that movie is fucking uh, was uh, torture to make. Um... Um. So here is Christopher Walken. Johnny Smith is his name. Marcus, what do you think of uh, of the name Johnny Smith? Johnny Smith. Yeah. <laughs> pretty pretty. Uh, that How, that's his character name. Yeah, yeah. How would you uh, rate the name Johnny Smith? That's straight down the middle, the plainest possible name you could give somebody. <laughs> So five out of ten. Certainly, like a like a classical American name that nobody has ever actually had. Nobody over the age of twenty seven should be named Johnny. And Smith is such a cop out. The, yeah. the most common last name in the U.S. It's insulting. How <laughs> this, this insults my intelligence. Yeah. Stephen King. Like <laughs> what? You, you need to check that cocaine that you've been, that you've been sniffing in the eighties, sir. Oh, sorry. He uh, published it in 1979. 79. That number. Another summer. Oh, the summer of seven. No, wait. No, it's the summer of 69 that everybody summer loves. Summer of 79. <laughs> summer of 89. <laughs> summer of 99. So this guy's a scumbag, right? He's trying to get him to watch his kid or tutor his kid for reasons unknown. Well, okay. He's, he, he's just a rich asshole. That's what it is. And yeah. He has shitty politics because he's supporting this uh, this Martin Sheen character. Who I I don't know I don't know if you caught this, but I I don't remember if they actually mentioned it. But they don't mention any political party, do they? They don't say if Martin Sheen, Greg Stilson, that's his name, if he's a Republican or a Democrat. 
Um, no, and actually the way he kind of talks is... I guess I'm not really remembering very well, but in my mind, it's kind of more uh, democratic uh, speech. But maybe yeah, as in the the party, the the the, the Democrat party. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get that. But I I mean, okay, without knowing, he will eventually bring you know the bring about the apocalypse. Without knowing that, now. He still sounds like he still sounds like a politician. Like it's like the very I I, I don't know about you, Marcus. Sure. I'm not yeah, a fan like, of politicians. He's very he wow wow. I mean, Marcelo, please. <laughs> um, let's not uh, say anything we can't take back. Uh, but the the clowns <laughs> have gotten into the Senate. Drove up their. Uh, <laughs> Do you know how they drove up to the Senate, Marcus? Yeah. One of those cars. Well, those clowns. Do you know? I mean, sorry. One of those cars <laughs> that that clowns go in. The clown cars. Yeah, and, the, and the big top circus. I think was around there too. So Richard yeah, Kelly. Uh, he's he's doing this whole. Uh, you know what? No, he's more Republican, isn't he? He's doing this whole. Uh, I'm an everyman. I'm a. Oh, uh, for the people, I'm a worker guy, uh, and we that okay. Means that I'm not doing politics. We we um, haven't talked about Richard Kelly in a while. Uh, this is Richard, Richard Kelly, Kelly podcast. Yes, yes, Richard Kelly. Uh, let's, dead zone. Dead. Let's, Richard. Richard is alive. Richard fun. Kelly is alive. Richard, Richard, Richard yeah. Kelly is alive. John Larroquette is alive. He's alive. Alive. Okay. Good. Politics. I just realized that's a connection between this and Southland Tales. Oh, sure. Poli- yeah. Politics. Dude yeah. loves his politics. Dude loves politics. He hey. reads the newspaper every day and, and okay. grimaces. Uh, uh, put, put your fingers in your ears, listeners. Turn off your AirPods. Throw your headphones across the room if you don't want to be spoiled. But I think in a future episode, we might talk about a political film that is one of Richard Kelly's faves. Marcus, if I remember correctly, right? Am I right or wrong? Kelly's faves does include a political film. Ah, uh, yes. Maybe, maybe the the most. Uh, no, I what is the most well known rep- political film? What's like the one people think of the most? Frost Nixon. <laughs> nobody, nobody has thought of that movie. <laughs> Period. <laughs> <laughs> Especially nowadays, I don't know. Okay, you just opened up a can of worms. Now we, now we got to, now we got to talk about Frank Langella. Okay, <sighs> Star of go. the Box, directed by Star- Richard. Oh no, he's in the box. No, yes, he is indeed. <laughs> this is not good. We can't. <laughs> okay, let's. Uh, can we trade the box for something else? Can we? Can we not talk about the box? <laughs> I think we're gonna have to talk about the box. Oh man, I, I, I. Okay, well, let's not let's not, let's save the Frank Langella talk for that episode. Um, what was I saying? Oh, uh, to to be honest, maybe like to me, the movie we'll end up talking about is maybe the most for me the most famous political movie. Even though you don't see the president in that movie. Other than yeah. that, I can't. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'll just I mean, say it's it's right. 
uh, who cares if I say it? All the president's men. That's what we're talking about. Taxi driver, maybe. Taxi. Taxi. No, yeah. But he's, he's kind of barely in it, the, the politician. Yeah. It's not really about politics. Yeah, um, it kind of is. I mean, pri- really it is. But. Bu- uh, Bullworth. That's the most famous political movie. Bullworth, sure, yeah. Primary Colors. Uh, Primary Dave. Colors, yeah. The American President. And when you come down to it, aren't all movies about appalling texts? <laughs> you you want to take that again? And they ain't all the movies about politics that there are. Yeah, all the movies are about politics. It's impossible to make art that's not even politics. This is politics. This movie's politics. Speaking of politics, speaking of Stephen King, I'm just going to go to the end. So let's this do movie it. ends with a, a political assassination, right? An attempted political assassination. Sure. Yeah, I, I, an attempted political assassination that I guess turns into a character assassination. Yes. Um, yeah, you're right. You're a right. character assass. Uh, uh, sorry, I took you literally, but uh, but, oh, but but okay. Not to be pedantic, Marcus. But uh, is it a character assassination if you do it yourself? He he assassinates his own character. Yeah. Yes. Let's say that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So it ends with let's just simplify it. It ends with a political assassination, <laughs> and the reason that this happens, right, uh, yeah. is because. Uh, Mr. Walken uses his dead zone. Uh, Johnny Smith uses his dead zone powers <laughs> to see to see into the future, uh, and and see that this man, Martin Sheen, uh, he is going to win the presidency, uh, and then when he does, he's going to uh, activate the nukes and blow up the world, right? Uh, for fun, and for fun. yeah, because cool, yeah. And uh, but, uh, yeah, but you know, all kidding aside, and we'll get to that scene later. He really, it's like he really, he's like, he's like, he really wants it though. Like he really wants this apocalypse. Like, I, and and I think that's why, in my head, he's more Republican because like, sure. it's like, uh, don't they even mention something about the apoc, like the 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 the, bu- the biblical sense of the apocalypse? Maybe I don't know. Maybe that's me reading too much into it or reading something that's not there. But anyway, continue, Marcus. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, that, so summarized, this movie ends with a political assassination to, uh, correctly, uh, kill a man who would have brought up, brought about, uh, nuclear annihilation. Right. 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 Uh, so Stephen King has another, um, I believe it was a, sh- no, it was a novel. He has a novel, uh, that was turned into a Hulu miniseries that I watched oh. and quite enjoyed. 112362? Uh, 112263. I, I was close. Uh, yeah. And so this this show. I, I was thinking about the sequel. Right, the show uh, it stars James Franco as a man uh, from current times who like goes into the past somehow. He, he time travels back to, uh, to the 60s. He um, goes back in time? Back in time. He goes back to the 60s to, uh, uh, he's like, I I don't remember exactly. It's been seven years since I watched it or whatever, six years. But, but, but he, 
he eventually comes to the realization or whatever that he is being sent back here to uh, stop the assassination of John F. Kennedy. Cause yeah. he's like a school teacher or something. And like history is like his specific subject and he gets sent back to this specific time. And so he, uh, he eventually does. He stops, uh, um, uh, God damn it. Lee Harvey Oswald. He stops yeah. Lee Harvey Oswald. I'm glad you got from it. From yeah. assassinating John F. Kennedy, John F. Kennedy. And, yeah. uh, what ends up happening as a result of this is uh, he goes back to current times, flashes forward 50 years or whatever. And uh, the world is a totally blown out wasteland uh, that has been <laughs> destroyed by nuclear annihilation. Wow. So, uh, and so he like goes back in time, I think, and undoes and kills it JFK. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that might actually be what happens is he has to be the one to kill JFK. I'm wow. not sure. But uh So yeah, so Stephen King has two movies in which a or two books in which <laughs> in which uh a president is assassinated to stop a nuclear war. And one of them is an actual president that did get, did get assassinated. So I don't know, I just thought that was kind of interesting. And I was gonna say two that we know of. You know, he's written so many two that books. We know of. Yeah. Uh, that I, I I I'm not a huge King expert. I'm not sure what other books he may he may put you know political assassination in. So who knows? But yeah, that's a great connection. Uh, I I've always wanted to see that show, but I never got to it. Uh, it's good. Uh, okay. I, uh, Is it just like one I'm season? Sorry for just spoiling it for you. Yes, it it, it was a, a mini series. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I mean, that's not a big spoiler. I mean, what's the most logical outcome from, like, saving JFK? I mean, it's like going back in time and changing anything. If 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 uh, right. history has taught me anything. The buttercream effect. The buttercream effect. <laughs> I've seen Back to the Future 2. I know how this thing works. Oh, do you know? Okay. Speaking of somebody who I mentioned, like, an hour ago. And speaking of, like, time travel and, like, uh, going back and changing things. And this movie sort of does that. Um, I mentioned uh, the director Christopher Landon. I just rewatched uh, his two uh, Happy Death Day Happy Death Day movies over the weekend. Those movies are good. Yeah, uh, I saw the first one. I enjoyed it. Uh, second one I have not seen. I need to. I I recommend it. I I like the second one better. They're both good though. I saw the first one before any of you motherfuckers did. Oh yeah, didn't you get like some a, swag from preview, it? Sc- I was at a preview screening for that film. Wow. Yeah. What? They gave you something, didn't they? Yeah, I got, I got like a, a bunch of shit. I got like a poster and uh, a Happy Death Day branded flashlight and a Happy Death Day branded fidget spinner. <laughs> <laughs> I, what? I think maybe what? something else too. What year was this? Was it 2018? Yeah, when was I mean it, it was when fidget spinners were a thing, <laughs> which was yeah twenty seventeen, twenty seventeen yeah at least. That was a fun fun experience though. Oh, I bet. And uh, yeah, I do want to see the second one. Uh, I can't wait to see what Tree gets up to. 
there has been a campaign going for the third Happy Death Day, which I hope they do. Yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. Happy Death so Day this, for you. Happy Death Day 3 you. Uh, so this, I, I, I do like this plot of uh, Johnny Smith seeing uh, the death of all these kids on the ice. And this like uh, this this like fucking dad who's just like let's go on the ice anyway. Come on, son. Yeah. For forget forget this guy Johnny Smith who who's you know uh, who could be right about these these dead zone deaths. If Marcus, if Johnny Smith told you, hey, do not record that dead zone commentary with Marcelo. Because you will die in the middle of it. What would you say to him? Uh, I would say that I am prepared to die for my art. And I would record it. <laughs> good, good. I, I love this. Uh, just showing, like not even showing the aftermath of it. They're just this. Uh, this shot. It's really nice. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and like we don't I mean it's, we it's saw the it, stare. Yeah, I mean we saw the premonition earlier of the kids falling through the ice, but we don't actually see right. it. Which is which is yeah, a smart move. I mean the reveal is it works as like him looking at the newspaper and it's like, oh, I was right. Johnny? Johnny Smith. Johnny? <laughs> Johnny, Johnny. Wait, okay. In all seriousness, would you vote? Would you vote for uh, Greg Stilson? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, me too. Actually, yeah. Um. Okay. Imagine. Imagine. Not this. even a question. Imagine this. Okay. He stands up for my values. Uh. Once our podcast becomes extremely popular, all right, it's not a matter right. of if, it's it's when, right? When. And we, we need we need to sell merch, okay? I am going to push for this. I'm going to push for our first shirt we sell to promote this show is a vote for Greg Stilson shirt. <laughs> it won't okay. reference Richard Kelly or Southland Tales. <laughs> It'll reference... This one episode we did <laughs> on a yeah. on a movie that Richard Kelly did not direct. That he just he likes. He likes <laughs> a movie that that he, he likes. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I think that makes sense. I, I think I like yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I think know you I like it. it. <laughs> you I think know you I like it. it? I want you to sleep on it first, Marcus, and then tell me if you like it. <laughs> think about it. I was I was just gonna ask why is he why does he have a cane? It's like oh no no that's right he was in a car accident he was in a coma for five years that's why he's a cane. He also did get shot too. Oh that's right. Who who has fun in the snow? Who has fun in the snow? They're having this like a uh, big shindig promoting Stilson in the snow right now. There's popcorn, there's music, there's dancing, but it's snowing. 
I don't understand this uh, concept. Part of life in uh, colder climates uh, is that it will snow. And uh, are you going to really? let that get you down? Yeah. Really? Yeah. And are you going to let that get you down or are you going to come party for the president? Hmm. And uh, I mean, it, it doesn't snow down here, so I wouldn't know. Yeah, you wouldn't know anything about snow down in the south. No way. Uh, up here, way up north in Iowa, uh, we do get snow. Uh, and yeah, it's it's just constant dancing in the streets. Uh, <laughs> constant. <laughs> every time it happens. You go outside and you toss snowballs at the kids dancing on your lawn. Say, hey, get out of here, kids. And then and then they start throwing snowballs back at you. And then you just have fun with it. You just throw snowballs back and forth with these kids. Uh, you do this on the, on, the, on, the, uh, on the daily. Here it is. Here it is. The handshake. There you go. He's going to touch him. Keep, keep an eye on if, he, if he's doing skin to skin. There's, skin there's, to skin Oh, yeah. Skin to skin. Engage. Confirmed. Skin to skin. Pensive music plays. Dramatic music. Does Stilson get? Does Stilson see the image with him? Does uh, I don't think he does. Does he? No. 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 That'd be ridiculous. So yeah, yeah. See, it says here, "My destiny." In the middle of the night. Very, very, uh, uh, yeah, like, who, eh, who says that other than, like, um, you know, very, very religious, overly religious, far right, conservative Christian nuts who believe in the, uh, apocalypse and the biblical apocalypse. Uh, yeah, that, that's the vibe I get from Stilson. That's why I'm going to vote for him. Complete the sequence, Mr. Putting his hand on the scanner. Screen whirling. Buttons beeping. He knows which buttons to press, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he's got the big red button. He's got to press it. He's got to press that button. My destiny, he says. And he pressed it. Machine beeping. Suspenseful music. Dun, dun, dun. Congratulations on nuking hundreds of millions of people. Yep. Who's he nuked, did I say here? Uh, I think they kept it vague. Yeah. The missiles are flying. Yeah, well, there you go. I knew there was some Christian bullshit there. So now he's like, oh, I got to kill this guy. I got to. Oh, oh, no, I got to. I got to kill this guy. No, it's the worst walk-in ever. 
I tried to walk a rifle and shoot this man in the heart. <laughs> oh, this this is a great exchange about uh, what if Hitler? What if he had a chance? Yeah, to kill would you Hitler? kill Hitler as a baby or whatever that shit that yeah. comes around every couple days yeah. on Twitter? Would you kill Hitler, Marcus? Um, would I kill Hitler? Let's say tough at one. The, tough one. At, at the age of eighteen. Eighteen-year-old Hitler. Am I eighteen? <laughs> You're both eighteen. We're both eighteen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. You and Hitler. Are I was fucking you nuts went. at that age. <laughs> you wouldn't have thought twice. You wouldn't hesitate. <laughs> I, I, didn't even have they, to tell me what the who the guy was. I yeah, would have done it. Somebody goes, "You just killed Hitler." You go, "Who? What? <laughs> what?" <laughs> Who's next? <laughs> That's what you'd say. Oh, there's Joseph Mussolini. Stalin over there, Mussolini. Oh, there's eighteen-year-old. Donald Trump. He can change it. Dr. Wezak chuckles. I love these subtitles on the shot. I don't know if you're getting all these subtitles on your end, Marcus. That is your dead zone. There it is. They said the name. It's the name of the movie. So, hold on. It's he's been like one hundred percent. Oh, I'm sorry. I want to hear the end of yeah, this. The one about Hitler. Yeah. The one about Hitler chuckles. What would you do? What would he do? Would you kill him? He's gonna give an answer. He's a man of medicine. I'm expected to save it, save lives, and he's suffering, and I love people. Therefore, I would have no choice but to kill the son of a bitch. So he'd kill Hitler. What's okay? I'll say one thing, and then you can talk, Marcus. What's very eerie to me about the, like this this like whole final act. Is like it's, it's like we we know he has the power to do all this stuff, right? But like, if you removed that from the equation, it's like we're just following, like a John Wilkes Booth motherfucker, right? just an, a, an assassin. Like, how, 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 how much more or less rational is this compared to other real life assassins and like their mindset? Do you know what I'm saying, Marcus? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think they're all right. But this <laughs> you think guy, they're all right. He. And I'm starting to think of this now. It might be more interesting to frame this movie in a different way. Maybe like start here and work your way backwards. Maybe I don't know. Like how? Like uh, well, you start with like him going to assassinate this guy and. It's like the yeah, the uh, what do you call that thing? Why he did it? Like why why he? 
uh, uh, Cinema L Day. <laughs> Cinema L Day Machina. No, it in media res. Sure. Yeah. I think I think it's in media res where you begin the story, uh, not at the beginning, but then you jump back. Uh, know, in media think- res is like starting mid scene. It's like coming in on the action. No, uh, I might be using the term wrong, but I always thought it was like uh, starting something somewhere, somewhere not at the beginning. I might be wrong too. I don't know. We'll never know. There's only uh, one way to find out in media <laughs> res. Maison scene. A this is the this is a very general definition of in media res, but it says here. It's a Latin phrase that means in the midst of things. Uh, and it means a work that starts out in media res means it kicks off somewhere in the middle of the plot. So in the middle of a plot, mm. I guess. Yeah. In the middle of a narrative without preamble. Hmm. Although I like how this goes from beginning to end and you're just like like you were saying before Marcus about watching this for the first time it's like uh, you, you you're in the serial killer plot you wonder how uh, how's this gonna end it ends there's like this like act break he teaches this kid for a bit the this Stilson guy becomes a character you don't know how, what's gonna happen uh, and then he ends up trying to kill the, kill the man. It's like that's it's like how wild is that? Like not knowing where it's going to go, and you end up here. Precisely. This is a wild time at the movies. Yeah. I wonder how the people in the audience felt watching this movie. Or they go are back in th- time. Uh, to I'd be in the, the theater, theater. dead zone screening <laughs> that'd be your thing you wouldn't go back to kill hitler yeah. you'd go back to watch the dead zone the dead opening zone weekend the crowded movie theater oh yeah oops i hit the mic i'm gonna leave that in uh what year did it come out 1983 what were the biggest movies in 1983 i'm gonna look this up 1983 is this the best movie that came out that year we're about to find out. 1983 movies. Domestic box office, 1983. <clears throat> Octopussy. Alright, do you want to guess? Uh, oh, let me let me see if this is domestic. Yes, domestic box office, 1983. Guess where the dead zone ended up. I have a list. I have a list of 149 movies ranked, and, from, and it is on there. It is on the list. Hmm. Uh, you know, I'm gonna say somewhere in like the 80s, 85. Uh, incorrect. You are off. Uh, around that, around the 80s, uh, Strange Brew, Airplane Two, uh, Bad Boys with Sean Penn. Those are all in the 80s range, but uh, Dead Zone, not within that range. You are cold. Guess one more time. Uh, top. Uh, it's, uh, it's even lower. It's like 100. 
Incorrect again. Uh, in the 100 range, you have the re-release of Porky's, uh, Smokey and the <laughs> Bandit Part 3, uh, The Hunger from fucking Tony Scott. That's a great movie. But uh, yeah, low low on the list. It's uh, it's down. Uh, it's not down there. It's much higher, Marcus. I'm going to just tell you. Number 38, The Dead Zone. This same year, we had... Uh, Christine and Cujo. Two other Stephen Kings. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Say that again. Cujo, yeah, I see it. We had Cujo and Christine. Ah, what a year for, what a year for King. Yeah. I see here Cujo. Another David Cronenberg movie. I see, I see here Cujo is 35. Uh, right above, uh, 38, The Dead Zone. Where's Christine? Christine sixty six. Oh, uh, what was the other David Cronenberg movie? What's what? What's three spaces lower than Christine? One second. Three spaces lower than Christine. One, two, three. Uh oh wait, wrong. Okay, one, two, three. Uncommon Valor. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> I've never heard of that movie. Uh, above that, Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark re-release. Uh. Wait, uh, what was the other David Cronenberg movie? Oh, I see. Video Drone. Oh, what yeah. a year. 1983 is an amazing year. Oh, we're, 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 we're missing the action, the final action in this, uh, in this uh, movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Martin Sheen does the unthinkable. And when he sees an assassin uh, in the uh, in the mezzanine, in the balcony, uh, Christopher Walken, Johnny Smith with a gun, Martin Sheen picks up a baby and puts the baby in front of him. <laughs> yeah. Cartoonishly evil behavior. Yeah. That that's what he'd think to do rather than run away. I mean, to be fair, what would you do in that scenario, Marcus, if you had no cover but a baby? I'd shoot. I'd shoot back at the guy. You shoot with what? You shoot back with what? Uh, I'd try you, to you, catch the bullet. <laughs> this is a great ending for the character. He just commits suicide. Yeah, Mar- Martin Sheen's character. Blam! It's over. Uh, and that—that's the end of Johnny Smith. The end of Johnny Smith. The end of Greg Stilson. Yeah. Two uh, two sides of the same coin. <laughs> like the movie Heat. <laughs> One can't exist without the other. Exactly. I was born. <laughs> <laughs> I love when Stilson said when I see the heat around the corner I won't hesitate to drop everything and run Stilson said that earlier I love that line and then walk and then Johnny Smith goes well there's a flip to, there's a flip side to that coin <laughs> <laughs> I'm just quoting heat now <clears throat> 
<sighs> Cronenberg loves killing people. That's that's it. It's it's okay. End credits. What an ending. Uh, what? Okay, let me ask you this, Marcus. As we go through the end credits, we talked about some things that uh, Richard Kelly might have picked up and used uh, in his uh, filmography. But uh, what what are other things that we haven't mentioned that like you would say was an influence um, on Kelly from this Christopher movie? Christopher Walken was in Domino. <laughs> that's that's right. I, how okay. Let's talk about that. How we, we there has to be something about Kelly talking about Walken and like how great that was to work with him on Domino, uh, right? I mean, it, how how big of a how big of a Walken fan is Kelly? Is my question. Has to be big. It's a good question. One that we will have to ask the man when he's on our show. All right, add that to the uh, list of questions. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I mean, you said the political stuff. Um, that's that's definitely there. The apocalypse stuff is there. The brief science fiction stuff is there. The uh, the premonitions that's there. Yes. Um. I mean, I, I think I think we covered a lot of that. I mean, a, a lot of it. I, I, I can't think of anything else other than what you mentioned. I'm trying to think of something more smart to say. <laughs> Isn't that the the struggle always, Marcus, is to find smart things to say? For me, yes. Yeah. I, I think we did Horse a pretty good regulars. job. There, there were horses in this movie. Wait, yeah. drivers, David Chud? His name is David Chud? One of them is named Cactus. <laughs> <laughs> One of the drivers is named Cactus. Cactus. Um, yeah, they record this at Abbey Road. Abbey Studios. Panavision cameras to the rescue. <clears throat> Dino De Laurentiis Corporation. I, I, uh, yeah, I, final thoughts. Good movie. Final thoughts. Um, good movie. I can, I can see why Kelly likes this movie. Uh, I can see why he thinks it's a great King adaptation. I, I, I certainly think it's up there. Uh, but I think there are a lot of great King adaptations. Um, have, have did, did we talk about this on the on the thinner commentary? Like, if have we talked about our favorite King adaptations? Would Would yeah, you put this up there? We probably talked. Yeah, I, I definitely put it up there. Uh, favorite? I don't know. I'd have to think about it, but uh, it might be the shining yeah. for me. Yeah, it might be the shining yeah. for me. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Yeah, but uh, okay. The end. Cronenberg. Uh, 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 I hope. Uh, I hope David Cronenberg listens to this. Uh, my next series is going to be a David Cronenberg retrospective, where I'm going to end up doing a commentary for like Southland Tales for some reason. <laughs> Um, but, uh, I, I think, I think we dug deep into 
Oh, this absolutely. Movie, <laughs> we, 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 we overturned every rock. We no, answered no every stone left unturned. No stone the, left the unturned. Dead zone. And, and we, we, we did it. We connected the works of Richard Kelly to the dead zone. It happened, mm-hmm. folks. Oh my gosh. Marcus, you heard what it. A, you heard so, it. Marcus, what a journey. Let's wrap this up. Uh, final yeah. thoughts done. Any any last words? No? I, 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 I just I, like I to tell it. everybody out there that I love you, you should have, have a nice a nice a pod a pod Goodbye. Follow Gunk